Hey! Hey! It's Rachel. It's Alexis. It's Pastor Emily. It's Pastor Glenn. And, and welcome, welcome back, back to Flourishing in Faith. Faith. Hey, y'all! It's hey. our next podcast on the Influential Friends series. This is our pastors, and they're very influential to us. And we wanted to include them into this series because they have played a big part in our spiritual life and just in our life in general. Influential, influential people. Yes, they have. So. This is our fourth and last episode of the series, and we are so excited, but we're so sad that it's ending. <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead and ask y'all to introduce yourselves a little bit further than just your names, um, and just tell us a few interesting things about you to get us started. You want me to start? <laughs> um, I am Emily Walters, originally Emily Clay, from Ohio, met my husband in um, Bible College, and ended up staying in Charlotte. We have three children, two of them in college, one graduating this year, and wow. we are the pastors of Judah Church. We are the directors of Shabbat Youth Conferences, and we have been in ministry for probably 26 years now. And I'm Glenn, uh, <laughs> and I'm her eye candy. And uh, we, we're just thrilled to be able to hang out with some incredible uh, young women of God here today. And uh, interesting fact about me is I'm a huge Tar Heel fan, so everything besides Jesus goes into Tar Heels. So that's that's where the way I live. Well, that's great. Sweet. The next question is, what do you guys do ministry-wise, and how that incorporates into the Judah and all that kind of stuff? So, like, just a basic, like, what do you do? Well, it's um, a lot, but I know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's well, a big uh, question. Probably the easy answer is whatever's required. Okay. Um, sometimes it's preach, sometimes it's serve in other ways, but everything we do all exists around serving. So whether we're serving at the youth conferences or uh, we're serving in the pulpit or we're serving in the altar ministry, we're serving, it does, everything is a position of servanthood. And so there's nothing uh, too big that we're not willing to do and there's nothing too small that we're not willing to do. Yeah. You have things to say about that? Um, and I, I would even include... You know, it, when you've been, we were youth pastors for 15 years, and and so our heart is always with young people, um, and even as parents that have um, young adult children, we even feel the um, urgency to even the children, the young people that are coming in our home, even serving them. I would say, and um, trying to train them up, and even when you have sons that have girls that they're liking or daughters that have boys, you know, we're st- we still feel such a passion to minister to everyone that even comes into our home. So I would just add that. Wow, yeah. That's awesome. Um, So this is kind of another big loaded question. (laughs) Um, You can minimize it as much as you want to, but um, we would also like for you to talk about how you got started. So we know that y'all planted this church, but, and we've only heard a little bit of the background of like the struggles y'all went through um, as a young married couple. And then when you had kids, Um, But we just would like for you to kind of expand on that as much as you feel comfortable. And we just, like, want to know how it ultimately affected you up until this point. Yeah, and also I just wanted to mention that we have a lot of, like, our viewers are a lot of people that are in, like, their latter years of high school going into, like, college and also Mm -hmm. into college and then their later years of college. So they're, like, trying to figure out their calling, trying to figure out different things like that. And we've been talking about our Influential series a lot about your calling, a lot about ministry, and people that are, a lot of people who are called to ministry are, are listening to our podcast, and they're really, like, curious about people that are already in it, and, like, how did they got started, stuff like that's, like, a big question for them. Yeah. 
Um, I would start out just by saying, because when you said the word calling, um, mm-hmm. it just makes me think what that word means in biblical terms is an invitation. Yeah. And that word, invitation, that calling is for everyone. Everyone has an invitation from the Lord um, as to what it is you're going to do, whether it's in full-time ministry or it's in the marketplace ministry, every one of us have a calling, have the opportunity. It's like when you're going to a wedding, you get an invitation. You're invited, but it's up to you whether you're going to do what it takes to go to the wedding. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you said that calling, um, as a young girl, I always felt a strong calling. I didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, I just felt such a, a, a passion for being in the presence of God and worship and wanting to please the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the old song, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use. That was my mantra. You know, that was what I felt even as a 12-year-old girl, that I just wanted to be obedient to what it was God had for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so really that was what it was is I accepted the invitation yeah. And I stepped out, went, ended up going to Bible. I worked two years after high school, um, felt called into ministry, worked for the Assemblies of God um, in their district office for the state of Ohio. And I thought, oh, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in ministry. And I was doing that, and I just felt such, there was more, there was more, there was more. And so I just had to step out in faith every time and ended up going to college, um, Bible college, and still not really knowing, just had a passion and thought, well, maybe I'm going to be a missionary, would go on the mission field and had such a passion for missions. But it wasn't like I put God in a box and said, yeah. oh, I'm going to do this. I said to him, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. Yeah. If I need to sell everything and be a missionary, I'll do it. Um, but that, you know, and in so many ways I have done that. Um, but I think the willingness, I think that's what God's looking for. Everyone has the invitation because the Bible says that it, that he would he would he prays that everyone would be saved, that everyone would come to the knowledge of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But it's whether we accept that invitation of the call and and we're willing to do whatever He wants, not yeah. necessarily what we want to do. Right. Yeah, I, that's great. I I think for me it goes back to when I was seven. I just knew I was different, um, and there would be very specific people all throughout my childhood that would press the different button and say, oh, that's the God in you. That's mm-hmm. the God purpose in you. Um, they couldn't give me clear direction on what it was, but I just knew that there, I was different for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the opportunity to explore that was part of the passion point. It was, I wasn't sure what I was called to do. I wasn't sure what I was created to do. I just knew I was created for some purpose. Yeah. Um, What's interesting for me today is, like this past Sunday, we had um, 293,000 people that were connected to Judah this past Sunday. And as a young child, a young boy, I had severe, and even to, the, to this day in a lot of ways, I have severe stage fright. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very introverted. I have severe stage fright. And the Lord would call me to do what I'm doing in front of hundreds of thousands of people today is such a contrast from my gifting and my temperament. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you know it's a supernatural divine appointment. Yeah. And um, I remember very early on knowing that God wanted to use me. And so uh, my first sermon I preached as my hand up a puppet 
in kids' church. <laughs> that was the first sermon I ever preached. Mm-hmm. So as long as you didn't see me, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. So there's my hand up a puppet, sitting behind a little puppet stage, and I began to cultivate the gift, the craft. Um, there's a singing background in my entire family. There's a musical thing that we have as a family. And so um, I was much more comfortable in music than I was behind a microphone. So then I just started learning how to play the drums, started learning how to play a saxophone, started learning how to hear harmonies and parts and singing in groups and little things like that. I just I found a way to say, Lord, however and wherever, we'll, we'll start there. Um, something, something that I think is missing from the invitation in a lot of the generations that quit early is they don't, they're not willing to persevere through the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a straight line. It's not an easy path. It's there's plenty of opportunities to get off the path. Yeah. To walk away from the invitation. There's there's opportunities to have excuses for why you would want to quit because it may not feel or, or seem like you're getting the traction that you want to give or whatever perceived success you want to have mm-hmm. at whatever perceived level. Um, people people today they will see almost 300,000 listeners and think, oh man, that's success. Oh, but he probably started out as a prodigy. I didn't start as a prodigy. I started out as a project. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the key is being willing to study to show yourself to be approved and being willing to hone your craft in a way that will bring honor and glory to God. Mm-hmm. And when all of those physical human efforts fail, that's when his supernatural power is infused into that situation. Mm-hmm. Today, if I think about 300,000, almost 300,000 people that were connected to Judah this past week, the Glenn in me is like, oh my gosh, I made this mistake. I didn't say this the right way. I wonder if I can mm-hmm. live in all of those things. But when God uses you in a way that you're not naturally gifted to do, he gets all the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And so as a teenager... Um, it was easy for me to sit behind a puppet, but then I knew there was a place. So then I went to Bible college yeah. and I'm playing drums and I'm traveling and I'm learning different perspectives. The greatest thing your generation can learn is perspective. Mm-hmm. The world is so much bigger than Instagram. <laughs> Very true. It is so much bigger than Snapchat. It is so much bigger than your neighborhood. It is so much bigger than your town. It is so much bigger than the United States. The world mm-hmm. is so much bigger. And the more perspective you can gain, the more opportunity you can see how God could use you in ways that maybe have yet to even been cultivated in terms of ministry opportunities. Mm -hmm. But it is that perseverance, that willing to not quit even when it gets hard. Mm -hmm. We were built to do hard things. Because if everyone is called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to do the hard things and go through the hard things knowing that even God is using the hard things yeah. Yeah. to get the result he wants out of your life. Mm-hmm. Very true. I feel like a lot of people in our age group, they're just, they want the easy way out, especially because we have social media, we have all these things that can come to right to our fingers. And if, then what we see in social media, we see all the people that are already in ministry and they're already in, like, they have, like, the 200,000 people watching them. They have that and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I want that right now. And, but it's just not like that. God's a God of process. And I feel well, like it's just, it's just so much things that God wants us to go through and so much things that he wants us to see in here and now that we can't just 
rush towards the future because yeah maybe something that we want to do like Emily said she was just you know wanted she wanted to do this but there's more there's not just one thing that God's mm-hmm. calling you to do I don't feel like everybody has more that they can be doing mm-hmm. and I the reason s- why I'm sorry but the reason why he doesn't give it to you instantaneously is because you won't value it Right. Yep. One of the things we challenge young married couples with, and it's a little bit the next stage up for you for you guys, but they want to get married and start out with the same size house their parents have. They want yeah. to start out with the same kind of furniture they grew up in. But but our first furniture set was one hundred and fifty dollars, and that's where we started. And, and it now, was a hand me down. <laughs> and it was absolute hand me down. Yeah. And. Uh, in addition to a stove and a microwave, and we paid all one hundred fifty dollars for all of it, but we came from a blessed families. But it was the struggle mm-hmm. of growing into that, and and you'll get disappointed if you want to start out where your parents are ending, it's yeah. because you won't yeah. value it. And so that is the key: is to understand in the perseverance. Man, I'm going to value when God does whatever level of success you deem it to be. Yeah. When God does it, you're going to go, man, if I had to quit, what would I have missed? And if God hadn't have chose me, what would what else would I be doing? Very true. I just think, too, you know, um, you know, for those out there that are just feel, I think with the younger generation, sometimes they want to skip what the word you used, the process. Yeah. They want to go from A to Z now. True. And you have to go through all the other letters because that's mm-hmm. what builds character. And you have to have character with calling. You have to have character when yeah. you're involved in ministry. There has to be integrity. And that's what builds that. The process builds that. I never started out thinking I was going to be a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just, I started out saying, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I just want to be obedient to what. You, and some people are maybe more goal-oriented, and they have this whole plan mapped out. <laughs> I just knew that I, my heart was drawn toward serving people and ministering to people, and I didn't care what that looked like. I just wanted to be obedient to what God had called me to do. Yeah. I feel like the process builds your faith as well. Mm-hmm. I, I will attest to that because I was literally just going to explain like all that oh, the, the joy of obedience has done for me because... I'm also, I used to also be, like, severely introverted. I didn't want to talk to anybody, like, terrible social anxiety. Like, you would never catch me going up to some stranger and, like, just chatting it up or something because (laughs) I just wasn't like that. And even as, like, um, a little girl, I was so shy. But, um, like, I'll just use Judah as an example. The obedience step that I took coming here has done wonders for me. I, um it's brought me out of my shell like I've made so many new friends and with that I've discovered more things about my own callings like singing what I, you would never catch me on the stage <laughs> at my old church like no it's just so crazy how much I've grown since taking that step of faith and obeying like it's so crazy doing this like I I would never just talk for fun and think like so many people <laughs> would want to listen to me but there's like we have so many people listening to us talk for like 20 minutes I, like I would have never thought that would have happened me to either me. and it's just like but like we're saying it's a process um we didn't start out we started out filming in my car <laughs> yeah. recording in my car and we were sweating we it were was sweating so, hot so I was and great we had no place to record but it's a process so now we have a couch we sit on we yeah. have a table we use to set that up and we have a camera to use 
and this to use and it's just it is so cool how god works once you say yes and you once you step? accept the invite yeah the last question we wanted to ask is just like a little bit of a backstory about planning a church um and just divots in the road things you had to compromise maybe some stress points just things that are just kind of exposing the reality of ministry in a way um with um just also not sugarcoating the things that you know real people real ministry goes through and really all that kind of stuff yeah, well, the greatest surrender was probably my pride. Uh, Fifteen years as a youth pastor, you know, the, the youth conference with thousands of kids. Um, we had paved the way in a lot, a lot of those ways, and then God calls us to plant. And, um, and it was a very painful process that we went through to be able to plant. But then once we planted, uh, it was very humbling because I thought, you know, if I preach, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm used to seeing 300 plus kids on a Wednesday night. I'm used to seeing a thousand people on Sunday mornings. I'm used to seeing, you know, 3,000 kids on, you know, at youth conferences once a year. And, you know, like, oh, well, I'm about to start my own church. So this is going to be easy. This is cake. Now I get to really have fun. And uh, the first Sunday, um, I-, I used to say I was humiliated. I wasn't humiliated. I was humbled. Mm-hmm. And, um, God God took me through a very difficult process of making sure of this one statement. Um, there was so much, of, I'm competitive by nature, okay? Um, but I was so focused on proving people wrong, mm. I didn't focus on proving God right. Mm. And the length of the journey it took through that church plant was to get me to the place to where I just want to show you that you picked the right one when you picked me. Mm -hmm. And when I humbled myself before the Lord in that way, he started to trust me to be a shepherd to more and to more and to more people. Um, That was probably the greatest struggle of the church plant was me. Um, In leadership, they call it the law of the lid. So every organization can only rise to the degree that the leader is willing to go to himself or herself. And so in every arena, it's the law of the lid, that the leader is the lid. So nothing can grow beyond what that leader is willing to do. And the length of the time it took us to get to the place where we are today, um, to God be the glory for where we are today, but was limited not by the people. It was not even limited by the finances. It was limited by my ability to remain humble before the Lord, that he can trust me to shepherd his people the way he would want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the nuances of planting, very, very difficult. Um, it is not easy. People uh, ask us all the time, why in the world would you ju- choose to plant? And the truth of the matter is we didn't choose to plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God invited us <clears throat> to plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and there was some rejection we had to go through with denomination. There's some pain we had to go through with spiritual leadership from our past. There's a lot of things that we had to go through on a very personal level. But all of that was to ensure that when God decided we were faithful and good, mm-hmm. that he would unlock a new level of blessings, that he would get all the credit for it. Yeah. And so whether you're taking over a ministry, whether you're planning a ministry, whether you're starting a ministry, whether you're, whether you're becoming a meta-evangelist, whatever it is, as long as he knows he gets the credit, yeah. 
He'll prosper it in the time that he desires it to have. So whether it's a plan, some people say planning is harder than taking over a church. And some people say taking over a church is harder than planning. I say it doesn't matter what he's called you to do. If he's called you to do it, he will equip you to do it and resource you to be able to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be faithful to him. The, the goal of ministry is not to minister to the people. Yeah. The goal of ministry is to minister to the Lord mm-hmm. and trust to bless those people on behalf of him. Yeah. In whatever arena it is. Yep. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out because I know we're probably about out of time, but <clears throat> I just think again it's the process. You know, we were different than others. A lot of people have a strategy and this great big plan. There's different ways you can plant churches. And again, we did not feel called to senior pastor. We were youth pastors. We were good with youth pastoring until God started transitioning our heart. I'm sorry, my throat's and so I think the way God did it with us, he was teaching us so much because it was a part of the process of him showing. Because for those listeners out there, you got to remember that the process is the failing, Mm -hmm. and it's the getting up, and it's the trying again, and that's how you learn. And we fell a lot, and we weren't perfect. And when I was 12 years old and heard that call, there was a lot of out of alignment that took place in all those years to getting to age 47. But if it's you just keep getting up, you keep trusting God, you keep humbling yourself, he has the plan. Mm -hmm. We just have to be in alignment. Yep. That's so good. Anything else? Um, Well, I would, okay, so, yeah, I do. Actually, (laughs) actually, I do. (laughs) Um, So, like, we're talking, I'm assuming, like, the theme is process here, right? Mm Because we're talking about the process of doing the church and, like, getting to where you are right now. Um... There was one time where someone was just, like, telling me that they didn't know why they were doing something. They didn't know why they were, God had called them to do this and that they wanted to see the success now. And I, like, I explained it, like, kind of like a surprise party. So, like, God is the party planner, right? He's got Mm -hmm. all this food coming for you. He's got these people that are going to come and celebrate you and everything. But if he tells you, it's not going to be a surprise anymore. (laughs) <laughs> you're just gonna know everything like you're gonna know all these people like oh my gosh I haven't seen you for like, you know all that stuff but it's just like with that part of there's also the planning and like the figuring stuff out and checking stuff off and like if you don't go through the process it's not gonna be as successful as you think it will be unless you go through the process first true so true. that the process is way more important than the outcome that you're wanting to see right now true I think I love that. I've I've heard that reference before when you were telling me about it, and it was just so cool because it's like, why ruin what God's wanting to take you through, and what why ruin that? Why you're like your pride of like saying I want the glory? Because then that's that's if you want the followers now and you want that thing, that's more of just pride. I mean, you mm-hmm. want the glory instead of God, and God sees that. He sees where your heart is right now, and no wonder He's not giving it to you. No wonder mm-hmm. He's not restoring that to you because. Because your heart's in the wrong place, because it's where because it, it's in pride, because you want the glory of that. But yeah. whenever we get to the point where all we want is to glorify God and all we want is to you know help people get to know Him and get to know a personal relationship with Him, then that will change. That will change the trajectory of like the fastness of how you get places. But at the same time, it doesn't even matter how fast you go because the process is going to happen either way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, me and Rachel with this podcast, we really were, were just trying to find out the process of this. And we started this almost a year ago now. 
And, I mean, we're still going through the process. We still aren't perfect with our editing. We still aren't perfect. We still only have, like, only have 1,000 followers on Instagram. (laughs) I mean, like, compared to, like, I could be comparing that to my 37,000 and be like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that. But we, me and Rachel, are counting every single 1,000 as a win, every single 100 as a win, every single follower as a win. So I feel like just celebrating the little wins, celebrating the, I mean, quote-unquote little wins, or celebrating just the amount of things that you can do for Jesus right now will help you um, kind of, not speed up the process, but help your process go by faster because you're enjoying the time that you have now with Jesus and you're enjoying the time. Do everything you can to serve God in where you're at. So say you're at a church or say you're at, you know, college or Bible college or wherever you are, get plugged into a church and try to serve God as much as you can Mm -hmm. because I feel like, then that will help you equip you for wherever God has you next. And he'll bring you what you're serving if you're joining a church. He'll bring you godly people into your life that will hopefully pour into you. But we just wanted to share that. We would thank you guys for coming on the podcast. And we're so thankful for you guys and just being here. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for having us. Bye, you guys. Bye.